industry events. Um, you can, uh, I guess that's not in the, in the brochure, but the women's Bible study will have um, a, let's see, learn how to prepare to facilitate a Bible study for yourself. Uh, this will be Tuesday, September 19th at 530 um, during the regular women's study time. There's also a women's outing to Cultura Fest, Hispanic Heritage Festival um, at Orion on Sunday, September 17th. Um, we are also um, having our last call to help with the um, uh, Lincoln Village uh, donation drive. So um, again, that is um, there's a box in the foyer. You can bring things for that. And that's to welcome our new neighbors to the neighborhood. Um, so they're just some supplies that we are trying to put together for that. And finally, we have the TBC Community Trunk Sale coming up. So that's Saturday, September 16th from 9 to 1. That is on the back of the, the pamphlet. Um, it's a good opportunity to get to know the neighbors and to get rid of some old stuff. Um, so you can uh, um, clear out your garage finally or uh, your attic and bring some things to donate or to sell. Um, these are your announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Good morning. I knew they were coming up here, and then I got distracted by all the people <laughs> and forgot I'm supposed to be talking. <laughs> oh, man, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Will you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, we thank you. You are so good and kind and just. And I think I probably start every prayer that way. Uh, not because you need me to tell you that, but because I need to know that. I need to remember that. And so we thank you for this time. We thank you that we have the privilege to be able to gather in this place and testify to your goodness, to ex exalt your name, Lord, the, the privilege and the, and the blessing. It is to know that we tr we serve the true and living God and we can cast our cares at your feet, Lord. We ask, Spirit, that you just move in a mighty way in this place, Father, that you would be, that you inhabit, the word says you inhabit the praises of your people, Lord. And we desire to make you smile this morning with our offerings, Lord God. That is what we want. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We love you, we praise you, we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.
my worship. Here is my worship. Take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. I present my heart to you. I present my life to you. Here's my worship.
If you would, please stand for our call to worship. Our call to worship this morning is from Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. Please join with me where it says, people. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voices of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped amen amen
watching over us. He is our wonderful, merciful Savior. It's been a really long time since we've done this song here. I didn't realize until I saw the date and went back. Wow. But it's such a beautiful song. And it tells the Lord, you are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for. A wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who can that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Comforter, keeper, spirit, we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way. Oh, we hopelessly lost our way. 
Good morning. Isn't God good? And isn't all the time? All right. Thank you so much, Patience, for leading us in worship, uh, and to our lovely choir as well. That was that was amazing. Thank you all so much. <clears throat> as I perform uh, my spiritual uh, objects. I have come to the conclusion that you all look very beautiful today. We can we can we can use the encouragement, right? Can we use? How about this? I, I, I know it's not about this church, all right. How about you look at your neighbor and tell them you look real beautiful today? Look, tell them. All right. And, and, and just in case they didn't mean it, look at your other neighbor and tell them <laughs> you look real beautiful today. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. It is, it's a beautiful thing, it really is, when Christ lovers, Christ followers come together, different race, different agendas, right, different, uh, different roles, right, different positions at work, and yet we can say there's, there's one thing that we love above all that this world has to offer, and that's Christ. And this is, a, this is an example of what heaven is going to look like. This is an example of what heaven is going to look like. Well, then, uh, I'm going to lead us in uh, there's something, feedback or something. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of praise, and then I will lead you all much better in a confession of faith. <clears throat> if you would, just pray with me. I will actually read uh, the majority of this prayer from Psalm 138. I'm sorry. I had said one Psalm 38, and then I went to Psalm 145, which explains why I was at Psalm 145. All right. Let's pray. I'll extol you, O Lord, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his works and kind in all his works. 
You, O Lord, uphold all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. You are righteous in all your ways and kind in all your works. You are near to all who call on you and to all who call on you in truth. You fulfill the desire of those who fear you. You also hear their cry and save them. You preserve all who love you. But all the wicked you will destroy. My mouth will speak of the praise of you, O Lord. And let all flesh, let all things that breathe, bless your holy name forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our confession of faith is a uh, responsive uh, call and response of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question uh, number 85. I will read the question and we will all answer together. What does God require from us to escape his anger and curse, which we deserve for our sins?
songs from that uh, that Doxa album. And so thank y'all for lifting that up because what an incredible assurance we have through the power of the cross. Uh, I stand to give a, a prayer of supplication. And uh, supplication is where essentially we come before God uh, knowing that he is sovereign over all things to pray for things agreeable to his will. And so now in this moment, I ask that you all would join me as we go before our triune God in a prayer of supplication. Father, you are a God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You keep steadfast love for thousands. You forgive iniquity and transgression and sin. God, since that is your character, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you and in you alone. Thank you for loving us. 
thank you for calling us your children. Thank you for inviting us and adopting us as sons and daughters into your your kingdom. You are the king of the universe, and we get to call you daddy. So, Lord, since you are our great father, please hear our prayer. God, conform us as your sons and daughters to the image of your son, Jesus Christ. That we would grow wisdom, knowledge, understanding of your word. And that we would grow to be open to your embrace. Because you are there for us. Father, I pray over the families here today. I pray specifically Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 over the families here today that the husbands of this church would be men who would lay down their lives for their wives as Christ has laid down his life for his bride, the church. And that because we are men who love in that way that our wives would be women who respect and love us in return. And Lord, I pray that we would be parents that would not provoke our children to anger, but raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God, I pray for local churches here in our area. I pray for every faithful preacher who will stand today and proclaim the truth of your gospel. I pray that someone in this city, by the spread and the message of the gospel being preached, that the Spirit would start to work because of the truth of the gospel being proclaimed. I pray that you would help local churches in Huntsville, Alabama, in North Alabama, to thrive because they are faithfully proclaiming the truth of your gospel and are passionate about the truth of your scriptures. Father, I pray for every new church that's being established. Pray for all of the church plants that are occurring within our presbytery, Lord, that you would be with those church planters and myself as well, and that you would send not just transfer growth, God, but new radical conversions. Save people from eternal darkness and bring them into your marvelous light. And Lord, I pray throughout the world that your gospel would continue to spread. I pray for global missions. I pray that the spread of the gospel would go into even the hard places that seem to be unreachable and that people would be called into your kingdom. Lord, I pray for uh, the state. I pray for our uh, governing officials locally, at the state level, at the national level, Lord, that they would govern well. Spirit, do a work in our political system that we would be governed well, Lord. And Lord, I pray specifically for the village church. I pray for 
Pastor Alex and the elders here, Lord, that they would be encouraged and uplifted by the power of your spirit. I pray for the village church that your spirit would do a move within this church, Lord. Lord, as a person who's connected to the village church, When the village church is healthy and thriving, Hope City Church will be healthy and thriving. And so, Lord, I pray that you uh, would grant them that by the power of your spirit. And, God, we pray all these things knowing that you can do them, knowing that it is within your power. So we pray without doubt, trusting that you will do as you said in your word. Pray in my name and you will do it. So it is in the name of Jesus we pray and give thanks. Amen. Also uh, want to read our scripture passage for you all on this morning, which as you can see printed in your bulletin is Psalm 27. Psalm 27, and I'm going to be reading the entire psalm. This is God's word. Please listen carefully. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have have risen against me, And they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. 
wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Looking back 
Father God, we come to you humbly once again to say thank you for being our God and thank you for choosing us to be your people. Father, we're grateful that you are so faithful to us. Even when we don't deserve it, even though we can't work hard enough to earn it, you, God, are faithful to us, your people. And we are grateful to you, our God. Father, as I prepare to give your word. Let the, let the prayers and the uh, meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And Father, pour me out and fill me up with you and with you alone as I humbly lead your people to the feet of their Savior. This and all things we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Um, for those of you whom I've not yet had the pleasure to meet, I think I know everybody in this room. I'm Marcus Nobles. I'm the RUF campus minister at Alabama A&M. And I'm also the pastoral intern here, um, which gives me opportunities like this to stand in the pulpit when our pastor Alex is taking a break. Um, I'm grateful for these opportunities. I don't take them lightly. Um, it is an honor and a privilege to, again, lead God's people into the uh, worship at the feet of our Savior. And like I said, I don't take that lightly. I really do enjoy the honor and the privilege that it is to stand here in this place. Um, today we're going to be looking at Psalms 27. When I first started gathering <coughs> this sermon, um, it was on the heels of the shooting that happened on campus at A&M just a few days ago. If you're not aware, um, I believe it was Tuesday um, evening. Uh, there was a fight in the cafeteria that escalated to gunshots, and people were hurt. And on the heels of that incident, I had lots of conversations with students, lots of hard conversations, lots of real conversations, lots of very deep conversations that 
is a brilliant opportunity to meet tragedy with Scripture. And in those conversations, I was often led here to Psalm 27, this sermon which I call David's response to turmoil. Um, Not unlike the turmoil that we were facing on campus this past week, David is someone who faced a lot of turmoil. Amen? If you know anything about David's story, um, there was a lot happening there, and we're going to dig into that some here. But um, very short, very quick sermon, three easy points, as a good sermon should have, and then I'm going to sit down. Amen? Point number one in this scripture, put your faith in the right place. If you're taking notes, point number two, be confident in, in who God is. And lastly, seek God. Amen? Let's read this scripture. We're only going to look at the first four verses. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing that I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. This is one of the many psalms written by David. I think there are so many psalms that reflect our feelings and give words to the way that we feel when things happen in life. And in encountering students and doing college ministry, it's one of my favorite things to point out to students is that um, the Bible is filled with moments like this, that even though it's written thousands of years ago, it applies directly to us right now. And even though um, sometimes it feels as though this book, this collection of works from thousands of, 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 of years across many different stories, many different people groups, how can this possibly apply to us? We come across psalms like these that are like spot on to exactly how we feel, right? And the psalms give us words to help us deal with some of the things that we're feeling. Here, David... Um, a little bit about David's story, you know, David understands turmoil, right? David was hated by his own family. He was hunted by Saul. He was chased down by Goliath. He was attacked by the Philistines. There was civil war going on the entire time that he reigned. And even his own son rebelled against him. Like, David knows about turmoil, right? So who better to hear from about how to respond to tumultuous times than someone who lived it in a way that was much harder than most of us ever will? Psalms 27 gives us some things that a believer can hold on to in times of turmoil and uncertain times. David was living in a dangerous world and was aware of the threats that were around him, right? His world was filled with wickedness and with enemies. And look at where he places his faith and how he chooses to overcome that fear. This fear that he's surrounded with, he anchors not only in himself, 
but in this God who is his light and salvation. Amen? And when I take a moment to notice all the things that are going on around me and on campus, it's easy for our faith to be shaken. When someone opens fire on campus and now there's bullet holes in the walls and blood on the floor, it's easy for our faith to be shaken. When I see evil happening around me and it seems like God may not be doing anything about it, it's easy for our faith to be shaken. How can a good God and a loving God allow something that's evil like this to take place? So many conversations I've had over this week with students about exactly that. How can our faith not be shaken? But we know that God is always in the middle of it. Amen? Even through tragic and sad times that come in our life, God is always right in the middle of it. Our very faith is built on the life of a man who suffered and died. Jesus went through the worst of what could possibly happen. Amen? There's no struggle that he does not feel. There's no struggle that he doesn't know and understand. We live in a broken and fallen world that is scarred by the evil of sin. And God is not indifferent to it. Let me say that again so it really sticks. God is not indifferent to the struggling and the turmoil that we face. In fact, he knows exactly about it. There's nothing that can happen that he hasn't already faced before. How amazing is that? That this God that we know and love and who loves us has already faced anything that, that could possibly cause us turmoil. And he's not indifferent to it. He doesn't always make us immune to the troubles of this fallen world. Because if he did, we would place our faith in miracles instead of placing our faith in the God that provides. And then the same God that can calm the storm makes us calm in it. The same God that can calm our storms sometimes just chooses to make us calm despite the storm. Now let's look at this text. That was my intro and I'm almost done. We're going to look at these four verses when we get out of here. Verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Church, put your faith in the right place. Here David makes a bold proclamation. The Lord is. This is a powerful affirmation. And it points us to where our faith should reside. In the Lord who is. I know that's just a few words, but look at how big that is. Look at how weighty that is. Look at how powerful of an affirmation that is. The Lord is. Church, put your faith in the right place. Put your faith in this Lord who is our light and our salvation. Amen? We should be confident in whom we belong to. This is something that I tell my students all the time. Live your life in such a way that shows not just who you are, but whose you are. If you've been around uh, Marcus Nobles and RUF at all, uh, my students should parrot that to you. 
right? Because I say it all the time. Live your life in such a way that shows not just who you are, but whose you are, right? Be confident in the fact that you belong, that you're special, that you're loved, that you're chosen, that you've been given a purpose and power and gifted to glorify a mighty and powerful God who loves us on purpose, despite the turmoil that we might face. Amen? That's where our faith should be. That's what our faith should be anchored in, in this Lord who is. You are loved. Have faith in that. You are known. Have faith in that. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Have faith in that. Church, put your faith in the right place. Amen? John 15, 19 says it, says it this way. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Sometimes we encounter in this scarred and broken world that's marred by the fall, hatred. Why? Because we're not of the world, church. So don't put your faith there. Rest your faith fully in this God who is our light and salvation. Amen? Who do we have to be afraid of? If we really believe that the Lord is our light and salvation, who should we be afraid of? James says it this way, there is no darkness in him. Genesis says it like this, God spoke and created light and it was good. Right? God has already defeated the darkness. In the very beginning, he conquered it. He said, let there be light. And it was. Because he's the God who is. God has already saved us from the things that make us afraid. He is our salvation. Amen? Whom shall we fear? Kids, let's talk about superheroes. Let me talk to y'all for a second. Who's your favorite superhero? Come on. Who's your favorite superhero? Spider-Man, right? I like Spider-Man too. Give me another one. Who's your favorite superhero? Wolverine? Who? That wasn't a kid that said that. <laughs> Come on, kids. Who's your who's who's your favorite superhero? Thor? Yeah, Thor. Thor is great, right? He he can command down thunder. He has this awesome hammer and he beats things up with it. But what happens when he doesn't have his hammer? One of my favorite, Batman, right? I love Batman because he's just a normal dude. Like 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 outside of his money and 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 connections and his really cool tool belt and like all of his stuff he's 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 just a normal dude right like he doesn't have any like real superpowers but if he didn't have all that stuff what can he do if spider-man had never been bitten by that spider what could, what could he do right 
all of them are great, and they all have these things that help them do what they do, right? But church, we don't need these things to help us win our battles. We have the Creator. And even more than that, our fight against fear is already rigged. God has already rigged the fight. There's no way that we can lose. Right? Even greater than the greatest superhero, God has already fixed the fight. And he's fixed it to our side. If you believe in God, you don't have to put on anything else to become greater. Let me say that again so that you really catch it. If you believe in God, you don't need anything else to become greater. God holds all the power for us. He is our light and our salvation. (sighs) Hebrews 13 says it this way. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Y'all missing me. (laughs) Church, don't be afraid. And place your faith in the right place. All of that from verse 1. Verse 2 and 3. Be confident in who God is. Be confident in who God is. Verse 2 says, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Church, be confident in who God is. Here in verse 2, David faces people who are bent on evil, who are full of savagery and hostility. And it's in this situation where he finds that faith and prayer are the most efficient. He says that it's them that will fall. It's emphatic. They will fall. They will stumble. And then in verse 3, it enlarges the scope of this faith, the security that he has, that he will remain trustful and confident that he's placed his faith fully in a God who is sufficient even when his enemies become like armies. He's confident in who God is. Despite what it looks like, be confident in who God is. Despite the turmoil that we face, be confident in who God is. Even when the odds feel stacked tremendously against us, we can be confident in who God is. But do you believe it? Place your faith in the right space and be confident in who God is. Here is a confirmation of what David means in that first verse. God is my salvation, not just when the trouble is over, but in the middle of it. God is the stronghold or the protector of my life. Faith in God is sufficient even when the odds aren't in our favor. We can be confident in who God is. My heart shall not fear. I'll be confident. And church, this isn't David's first time using confident language like that, right? All throughout the Psalms, he says stuff like, God is the strong tower, that God is our safe place. In Psalm 7, he says, O Lord, my God, it is in you that I take refuge. 
In Psalm 18, he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I'll call on the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Look at how bold of a proclamation that David makes and how confident he is in who God is and how he's placed all of his faith, not in the world, not even in himself, but in this God who is. Verse 4, we're almost there. Last point. Seek God. Seek relationship. Seek to dwell in his house. Verse 4, one thing that I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Church, David is telling us here that God should be our main focus. Let me say that one more time so you really catch it. David is telling us here that God should be our main focus. What have you set your faith on? When I read through this with my students, I asked them, Is your faith set on social media? Is your faith set in your phone? Is your faith set on the squabbles of who's the best looking on campus? Is that where your faith is set? Or is God your main focus? God should be our main focus. God should be the one thing that we desire Above all else, despite our situations, being closer to God our Father needs to become our main goal. Church, in all things, we should be seeking him more. When I said this to my students, I said we should be seeking him more than we seek popularity. We should be seeking him more than we seek to be right. We should be seeking him, this one always gets my students, more than that job that'll bring six figures. Are you chasing God or, or, or are you chasing money? What are you seeking? We should be seeking him more than anything else. We should seek to dwell in his house. I ask my students this. Who do you let dwell in your house? Who do you let dwell in your house? Think about that for a second. Not just come over, not just hang out for a little while and kick it, but to dwell means to stay, right? To stay for a while, right? A lot longer than just that, you know, every now and then guest that comes by. But who is it that you let dwell? Really dwell. What does that really mean? And instantly all of my students said, nobody. Right? We don't just let people into our space to stay. 
You can't just come to my house and get in my bed and lay on my pillow. That, that, that one's mine. Right? You know you have that spot when you get home. That's your chair that you're going to sit in and relax and let the day melt. melt. Who do you let dwell? Who do you let come and sit in your chair? Who do you come and let rest in your place? My students say, nobody. And they said it real quick, too. It's like, no, no, I'm not with that, no. You can come kick it, but you can't stay. (laughs) Right? That's what it means to dwell. To dwell in his house. Folks, the people that we let dwell are the ones that we have relationship with. Right? If my family needed something, they could come and stay. Right? They could eat my food that's in the refrigerator and they could sit in my spot. I wouldn't have a problem with it. They can dwell. Doesn't that sound like intimate relationship? So if David is saying that our goal should be to seek God in such a way that we dwell in his house all the days of our life, what he's saying is that we should have an intimate relationship with this father like a child, that he loves us so much that we can come and dwell in his house. Ah! We should be seeking him so that we have a relationship like a father and a child and we can dwell. We can stay a while. When I became a parent, one of, one, one of my most favorite things is when my babies were tiny, I'd just lay on their chest. These folks were kids now I'm talking about. And even me, a six-foot-one, 300-pound dude, just melts into a puddle. Right? Because that's my baby. And when they lay there, and they just dwell for a while. And then when they get older, and they don't want you to hold them no more, right? But every now and then you'll have that moment where maybe they're sick or there's something wrong, and they just come and lay on your chest. And you melt all over again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's relationship. That's real intimate relationship. That's what we should be seeking with God. To lay in his chest and just melt and dwell. That's what that means. We should be seeking him so that we can come to him just like children come to their parents. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to do these things? To put our faith in the right place, to have confidence in who God is, to seek God, to have an intimate relationship with him, to dwell in his house. Why is it so hard for us to do this? It's hard for us to put our confidence in God and at the same time be okay with our lack of confidence in ourselves. 
We, like David, struggle to place our confidence in God and not rely on our own strength. Life is hard, folks. Work is hard. School gets hard. I'm still in seminary. And let me tell you, studying and learning language and all this reading, it's hard, right? Have, maintaining a family and raising children is hard. Churching sometimes gets hard. Worshiping is hard. Me, you, David, we all struggle to place our confidence in the right place. But church, we have a great example in Jesus. Amen? Jesus, who had full confidence in his father. Jesus, who was persecuted even until death, but still had all of the confidence in this God who is. Jesus, who after death, his reward and and resurrection was eternal life next to the Father. He dwells forever. We have a perfect example in a wonderful Savior who is our light and our salvation. Amen? We have a perfect example in this wonderful Savior who is Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. Amen? God is the hero of the story. You don't have to trust in yourself. We can trust in him. We can trust in him who has already overcome the world, who has already proven God trustworthy. We can trust in Jesus. As hard as life may get, we can place our confidence in Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? So, church, put your faith in the right place. Put your faith in the right place. Be confident in who God is. And seek him more. Seek him more than anything. To have relationship with him. So that we can dwell in his house. All the days of our lives. Amen. Father, we come to you humbly once again just to say thank you. Thank you for being our God and thank you for always choosing us to be your people. Father, life gets hard. And it's hard to live life in this broken and fallen world that is marred with sin. And sometimes it's hard for us to place our faith in the right place. So, Father, be with us to remind us of the God who is our light and our salvation, our stronghold. Father, remind us that through Jesus we have access to joy that's inexpressible to the rest of the world. Despite the turmoil that we go through and despite however hard things may be, We serve a God who is not indifferent to it, but sees it and knows it and has already overcome it. So, Father, draw us closer into relationship with you so that we may dwell in your house for all the days of our lives. It's this and all things we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen.
Wow, what an incredible word. Thank you, Brother Marcus, for uh, being obedient to the Spirit and lifting that up before us. Uh, we come now to the table of our Lord where we get an opportunity to put our faith in the right place, where we get an opportunity to show that we are confident in the God who is, and that we get to seek the grace that is extended to us through the Lord's table. Uh, my brothers and sisters, take that off. <clears throat> uh, I want to invite you all to your table. This is Christ's table that he extends to his beloved children. So if you are one who has put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is your table. So come feast and let's celebrate as we feast upon Christ by faith. Uh, Pastor Alex does something often where he talks to the children, so I want to do that uh, as well. So babies, y'all y'all look right up at me. Uh, your parents and all of the members of the Village Church look forward to the day that we can celebrate this table with y'all. And so we're praying that you all, as our covenant children, would put your faith and your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful to have you all as a part of our covenant community. I hope that you get excited when you see your parents uh, taking the Lord's table, that it intrigues you so much that you ask tons of questions to your parents and to your uh, elders and pastor here at the church. Now, if you are one who has not yet put their faith in the Lord Jesus, we are praying that the Spirit would work in your heart even now, uh, that God would draw you to himself. Uh, but if you have not yet placed your faith uh, in the Lord Jesus, we ask that when the elders come by with the elements that you will uh, allow them to just pass you by. But again, we are praying uh, that the Spirit uh, is working in your hearts. Um, now, this bread and this juice is, it's just bread and juice. Uh, it doesn't transform. Uh, it, it, nothing changes. Uh, but the Lord Jesus has promised that he will extend grace to us when we feast upon this bread and this juice by faith. And so something very special, something very supernatural is happening as we approach this table and partake of the elements. And so I want to go ahead and uh, read to you a short passage from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. The Apostle Paul says that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Father, again, we acknowledge that this is just bread and juice. But we know that you've promised to strengthen us through it. So we feast upon you now by faith, believing that uh, you are the God who is, that we can be confident in the God who is, and that we're putting our faith in the right place as we feast on you by faith. And so we seek the grace that you promise us through this sacrament right now. It is in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that I do pray and give thanks. Amen. I call the elders forward.
shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait on you. I will wait on you. I will trust in you. Please stand for our song of celebration.
and you may be seated. 